Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery after making the switch to a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. We've had people on the show with every kind of chronic disease imaginable, pretty much. We've had asthma, psoriasis, heart disease, several forms of cancer, multiple sclerosis, and multiple stories about most of these these illnesses. Type 2 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, so many. Scroll back, have a look. We're at 98, so there's 98 episodes of these stories, including doctors and experts such as Dr. Corbel Esselstyn, Dr. Michael Clapper, Dr. Neil Barner, Dr. Joel Kahn, Dr. Malcolm McKay. There are so many great, great experts on plant-based nutrition for you to to listen to and hear their research, their work, and their results that they are getting with their patients who are adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. This week, I was really blessed to speak with the lovely Indy who came on the show. Now, I wanted to begin with a trigger warning because in this episode... Indy is talking about her journey with bipolar, discussions about suicidal thoughts. There are discussions about sexual assault and drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And often many, many, many people find those subjects very confronting. And I just wanted you, if you are someone who has been through a sexual assault or a violent assault or have had suicidal thoughts or struggled with with your mental health, please reach out to someone, especially if you're struggling right now. So maybe you can skip this episode or if you feel like you want to listen to the whole thing because it is such a powerful story and such a hopeful and with, with such a hopeful ending. But reach out to someone to friends or family if you feel safe to do so or your wider community, maybe you know we have here Lifeline. I'll put link in the show notes. And I'll try to find some links for resources over in the United States and the UK for listeners because I know that that's – it's very, very important that, you know, you, you connect to people and you get support. If you are feeling suicidal or you have survived a, a violent assault or a sexual assault or you are living with a mental illness and you are struggling, I'll try and put some support services in the show notes as best I can, but please speak to someone, reach out to people and get help and get help because there are people, you know, who who love you and need you. And I definitely don't want this episode to, to make your day or your life harder. So I just wanted to put that in here now before you begin the episode. So that is in the show notes for anyone who needs it, who might need it before or after listening to this episode. Before we get into it, if you haven't yet headed over to my Patreon page, the link is in the show note to that. Patreon is how I am hoping to support this podcast to continue past our 100th episode along to 200, 300, 400, 500. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform, kind of like other crowdfunding platforms, but it's a monthly membership so that you can support this podcast for as little as $5, as little as a soy chai latte, 
Uh, there's all different tiers. So there's $5, $10, $15. I think there's like $25, $50 and $100. Each tier you get more discounts, access to programs, free classes, cooking classes, free coaching calls. As you go up higher in the tier level, membership into my private Facebook group, messenger support, my ebook that only my members have seen and my latest ebook that's coming out and just my complete gratitude for everyone who has already come over and supported this podcast on Patreon. I am so grateful to have you all. It is it is the way forward for this podcast, I hope, because I just really want to avoid having ads in the podcast uh, because it's difficult to find companies that really align with the whole food plant-based message, especially as I really want to also follow my own values of being as low waste as possible. And many, many products come in so much packaging that I've just had to say no based on based on that alone when people have come to me and talked to me about sponsoring the show and their products come with tons of plastic and wrapping and papers and need to be replaced every three weeks. And I just think, oh, that's not that's not what I want my listeners to be contributing to when our environment and our planet are in such a vulnerable state already. So that's why I'd really love it if people could support the podcast over at Patreon because the podcast takes so much time and resources away from my family and our finances that takes a full day out of our work capabilities each week. And I do it for the absolute love of it. And the I feel so deeply called to put this podcast out each week for anyone who needs hope. So if you have $5 lying around, honestly, if you have $1 lying around, I'll, I think you can make a $1 tier. I just didn't know how to when I was making the Patreon page, but I think I can even make a $1 tier for anyone who thinks that they have anything to contribute. Let me know if you could afford $1 and I will make a $1 Patreon tier just for you because every every cent helps this podcast to keep going forward. So thank you so much. The link for Patreon is in the show notes and you're, you'll be helping so many people and you'll be helping me and my mission to get this story, these stories out to people, to get the word about whole food plant-based eating out to people and to help more people adopt a plant-based diet for their health, for the animals and for the future of this planet. So thank you in advance and everyone who has already signed up to Patreon. You know that you are in my heart forever and you are my best friends and more important to me than my own children. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I love you very much, so thank you so much. Uh, yes, also... My 28-day challenge is starting on the 1st of August 2019, so please head over to that link in the show notes if you want to join us and just hang out for 28 days and have a really, really great time learning about, talking about, eating, eating a whole food plant-based diet, joining me for 28 days. I would love to have you. So if you're interested in joining or you, or you think you'd like, you've got a family member who needs to adopt a whole food plant-based diet, this is a way to make it fun for them. So if you have a, whole, a family member who you're like, oh, I just wish that they would adopt a whole food plant-based diet, sign them up. <laughs> sign them up. Just sign up with them. Get them to come along. Do it as a team and it makes it so much more fun for everyone. And, yeah, sign them up and do it together. Tag them in 
my Facebook posts about it or you can um, forward them this the link to these show, show notes and they can see it for themselves. I would love to have you all in the challenge with me because it's just going to be really, really fun. We're going to eat some good food. You get access to my Facebook group, access to my new ebook. You get messenger support. We get menu plans, shopping lists. You name it, it's in there. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, so come and join me. 28 days, August 1st. Let's get into today's episode. Indy Hopkins is on the show today. And as I mentioned earlier, we are talking about her journey with bipolar, undiagnosed, but chronic pain. So very like fibromyalgia, but it was never formally diagnosed as fibromyalgia. Digestive issues, constipation, also an 85 pound weight loss, healthy weight loss, not a non-healthy calorie restricted weight loss. She looks amazing. She has gone through so much and it was beautiful to talk to her today and hear her story. I feel really, really every guest who comes on this show as sharing the darkest parts of their life with me and with you. And every single time I feel so humbled and grateful to hear their stories, be witness in some way to the journey that they've been on. And I, I hope that this Sharing these stories is a way of honouring all that these people have gone through and people like Indy who has overcome so much. And this isn't a story where she has bipolar and then she miraculously doesn't have bipolar. This is this is a story where she has followed her own path and her own journey and it has led her to where she is and that place is so much more positive and hopeful than the place that she was in when she was in her more dark times. So if you have someone, a loved one or a family member who has a mental illness or who has been through a significant traumas, maybe offer this episode to them if they're open to that or check in with them if they would like to hear stories like Indies or if you are someone with it. Use your discretion. Obviously, we don't want to make people feel triggered and worsen their condition in any way. But yes, these stories need to be heard because so many people do feel like when they get a diagnosis of bipolar, they do feel like there is no hope. And that is why I thought it was so important to share Indy's story with you all today. So thanks for listening. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to what Indy has to say. Hello, Indy, and welcome to the Thank show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I've already given you a little bit of an introduction, and I would love it if you would just start with your story. Sure. Um, so my name is Indy, and uh, I grew up in Virginia in um, the United States. It's in the Appalachian Mountains. Um, so it was a, you know, great area to be active outside. And when we were kids, we were, um, you know, climbing trees and running around and um, having a blast and everything was pretty good. Uh, when we were kids, I grew up on the, you know, standard American diet, like most people do around here. And um, so when I was about 11, 
that's when things kind of started to go downhill a little bit. Um, so that year, a lot happened. Um, my dad was in a car accident uh, and got a really um, severe traumatic brain injury. And um, he almost passed away, but he pulled through. Um, and that was that was great. But a lot of dynamics changed that year. So um, it was a lot to kind of take in and process. And I was 11, so I had no idea, like, what was going on, really. So I started to, and that was also the year that um, that I hit puberty. <laughs> so um, it was like a lot of emotional upheaval. Yeah, so was he able to go back to work after that? or um, So he, uh, he is a preacher um, and they were actually very um, understanding of the church and he was able to, um, you know, take, take some time as he was recovering. There were other people filling in for him and he did stay there. He's actually still at the same church. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we were very, uh, very fortunate with that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so a lot, a lot changed that year. And, um, I actually started gaining weight that year. Um, and, uh, you know, didn't really understand because again, I was young and just didn't really, you know, connect nutrition <laughs> to my body and what was going on. Um, and that year I also started having, you know, pretty severe depression. Um, and, uh, I also started to have these elevated moods, um, which I found out later was, uh, mania. Um, and, uh, I had no idea what that was at the time, but basically my mood started going way up and way down and there was no rhyme or reason and they would last, you know, weeks or months and then it would kind of shift and go the other way that started happening. And I was just kind of, you know, going through high school and, and when I was about 14, I started drinking which is not advisable. I would not suggest this to anyone. Uh, I was so young. I, I think many, many young people start drinking <laughs> at 14, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah our poor little yes, brains. exactly. I look at my nieces and I'm like, I can't imagine you guys doing that right now. And they're, you know, 15 and 17. So, <laughs> so I got through high school. I was doing, you know, a fair bit of drinking and whatnot. But um, when I turned 18, I graduated high school and moved out. And that's when things started getting really um, amped up. And I started drinking a lot more and doing drugs and whatnot and really just uh, found myself getting into these crazy situations. Um, and my mental health, really started to go downhill even more at that point. And, you know, of course, I'm putting all these substances in my body. So that was definitely not helping anything at all. <laughs> I had also gained a lot of weight. Um, and about three years after high school, I put on probably, let's see, probably about 60 pounds. I finally um, got diagnosed by a doctor um, with bipolar disorder and yeah so mainly it's just 
How old so were you then? I was, um, when I got diagnosed, I was 21. So it had been going on for about um, 10 years undiagnosed. Yeah. So it was um, kind of a relief to get a diagnosis. So I knew what was going on. But, at, you know, it also <laughs> was a little bit hard to um, hard to swallow at the same time because they say that once, you know, once you have it, you're going to have it your entire life and it gets worse over time. And, you know, a lot of times um, uh, it just gets really bad uh, later in life. So it was very uh, depressing at the same time. Oh, my gosh. So depressing at the yeah. same time. <laughs> Along with along with the mental health stuff going on, I, I also started having arthritis pain. Um, and my digestion was terrible. So it basically just, you know, wasn't moving like it should be. And, um, and I was congested constantly, like I just felt like crap all the time. My skin was really bad. Um, and I just, I, I was not feeling good and I wasn't feeling good in my body. So that kind of added to things too. Like I just wasn't feeling confident in my own skin. You know, after I got diagnosed, they, um, put me on a slew of medications basically. So I was on three or four at a time usually. And, you know, I'd go back in and would have some crazy side effect and they would, you know, take this one out and add this one in or decrease this one and increase this one and so on, you know, and um, it was a lot of like tinkering with um, chemicals. <laughs> and my, uh, my brain really did not handle it well, my body didn't handle it well, either. Like I had a lot of really crazy side effects, like um, from lithium, I gained 40 pounds in two months, which was insane. And I was so kind of zombied out from that, that I didn't even see it happening. And I just realized one day that literally none of my clothes fit. <laughs> and so it took me a long time to get that weight off. <laughs> Eventually, I, I ended up getting sober. And I went into this recovery group, a uh, 12-step group, and it took a little while to get my feet under me, but eventually I, you know, strung together two years. Wow, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, that was, um, that was great because honestly, if I hadn't gotten sober, I honestly don't know that I would have made it because I, you know, in the years before that, I had overdosed a few times. Like I had gotten really close to uh, not waking up the next morning. Um, so I, I, I'm really glad that I got sober for that period of time. But uh, about two years into that, um, one of the guys in the group um, asked me to pick him up and give him a ride to a meeting. And so I did, and we had kind of seen each other before that, um, but I had made it clear that we're not seeing each other anymore. And uh, he asked me for a ride and said that he really needed to go to a meeting. So I went to pick him up and he didn't come outside. And then basically I went and knocked on the door and uh he ended up um, not letting me leave and he assaulted me that night. I'm so sorry. It's just awful. I can't imagine how frightening it was. It was super been. scary. <laughs> yeah, it was not, it was not 
a good time for sure. But yeah, so after that, and now this, you know, this happened in 2012. So uh, when, you know, after that happened, I had told a friend of mine that was in the program and um, she basically told everyone that I had made up this crazy story. So I got shunned out of the group, basically. And so I no longer had this recovery group like supporting me anymore. And this was before the whole Me Too movement. So, you know, I, I don't think people really understood how to handle that kind of situation. But yeah, I, I found out later that this man had assaulted another girl in the rooms um, just a couple months before he did it to me. And both of us were just kind of pushed out of the rooms um, in response. And it was it was incredibly traumatic at the time. But the only reason I bring that up is because that literally changed the entire trajectory for me in in a really positive way eventually like at first it was awful but eventually it did bring a lot of good things into my life <laughs> wow so i can't imagine that situation because i've never been in that situation and i think many people who are listening there will be people who have been in in a similar situation and i don't want to say the wrong thing or be insensitive in any way but I can only imagine after 12 years of being sober and then having a trauma like that like such a violation just a terrifying or thing to go through that for me it would be so easy to fall back into old old self-soothing habits that you that you accumulated from the last you know since you're 11 years old so I can't imagine I, I, I and I'm excited to hear how you moved out of that because it, it seems like it would be and rightfully it would be some a, a time where you would just be like give me some more drugs and alcohol to stop this feeling to stop these thoughts to to get out of this yes space. yeah so well, and um, I did go back to that uh, for a little while. I did start drinking and um, using drugs um, and not to the same extent that I had before. Um, and I think a lot of that came down to, you know, I had worked through a lot of, of stuff that had been building for many, many years through step work and, and working with psychologists and, you know, and whatnot. Um, and it wasn't quite to the same extent as before. And I, you know, I struggled kind of um, trying to self-regulate that, like I would quit and then, you know, and then I would fall back into it and then notice that it was ramping up again and I was having a problem again and then I'd quit again. And it was kind of back and forth like that for quite a while. So eventually I, I kind of hit, well, after, after the assault, I ended up having really severe anxiety to the point where I could hardly leave my house. Like I, if I would be walking down the street and someone was coming down the same side of the street on the sidewalk, like I would start to have panic attacks. Like I couldn't breathe. Um, I was just like filled with fear and, uh, yeah, for anyone who's had anxiety attacks or panic attacks, um, you know, kind of how, how that feels. 
along with that, I also started having chronic pain. So they thought that it was fibromyalgia and it was all over my body all the time. Um, I, I would wake up and my entire body felt like bruised to like, I mean, I can't even describe it. It was like my bones were bruised. Like everything felt bruised. I was sensitive to the touch. It hurt to like be awake. <laughs> um, and I was so lethargic all, all the time. Eventually, uh, I kind of hit rock bottom with, you know, depression on top of whatever this was, you know, the fibromyalgia or whatever it was. And I just remember standing in my kitchen, just like bawling my eyes out. Cause I literally could not imagine how I was going to make it through that day or the next day or the day after that. And it just seemed like so overwhelming. And I had also been told that with fibromyalgia, that's a permanent condition as well. And so I was just like, I, I was literally battling for my life on a mental health kind of, in a mental health kind of way. Like I know it's, it might be a little bit triggering, but I started having suicidal thoughts back when I was 11, you know, so, and at times it would get really bad, but this, this was probably the worst was when I kind of had the physical pain on top of the depression. It was just like unbearable. Um, and that's when everything started to kind of, uh, change. And I ended up leaving the psychiatric, um, world <laughs> basically, and got off of medications. Um, and I started playing around with my diet and at the time, uh, eating clean was, um, was a big thing. So like eating organic, uh, and so, you know, I started doing that. I was still eating meat and, you know, still eating dairy and whatnot, but I was trying to find organic <laughs> food and that started to make me feel a little better. And how did you get there? Like, how did you get from suicidal thoughts to I think, organic? I think it was just hitting bottom and knowing that I had, I have this amazing family. I have two beautiful dogs and people counting on me. And even though like I wanted things to end at times, I didn't actually want them to end because I didn't want to hurt other people, you know, in the process um, or my dogs. So I, I just got to a point where I was like, I have to do something. And so I hopped online and then started researching like crazy. That's, that's where I found the whole clean eating thing. And that, that helped. I started dropping some weight. Um, I started feeling better, like really any improvement from my diet before, you know, I think would start to make me feel a little better because it was just total shit before that. <laughs> and then eventually I found a video about this girl who had bipolar disorder who went on a raw vegan diet and her symptoms greatly improved. And I had never heard of, you know, a raw food diet or raw vegan, but I started looking into it and I just kind of delved in. I was like, okay, well, I mean... Maybe this will, you know, maybe this will work. And the more that I kind of watched videos from other raw vegans, um, they all had these amazing stories of healing and detoxing and like reversing disease and so on. So I did that for about four months. And I mean, it was insane. My body detoxed um, to an extreme. I, I can't even <laughs> explain like 
how crazy it was, but I dropped probably 30 pounds in that time and got hydrated for the first time uh, in I don't know how long, like maybe ever. Like I was fully hydrated and felt amazing. And I actually, that was the time that I felt, that was the first time that I felt true happiness that wasn't mania um, because it had always been shifting back and forth. And with mania, it's like such an extreme high that like you're very impulsive and all over the place and so energetic that you're getting on everyone's nerves and you know it's all over the place but you know on this raw vegan diet I actually felt like oh my god like I think this is what actual happiness feels like and that I hung on to that after so many years how was that for you to feel just from what you're saying and how you're describing it to feel Okay, all I can think of is the word even, like it kind of evened, evened out and, 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 ba- and balanced in a way after so many years. It was amazing. Um, I mean, it was incredible. I, I didn't know what that felt like. So when, when it finally did happen, I was like, oh my God, this, this is what I need to aim for. I didn't, I don't know how to describe it really. It was such a relief because that was the first time I had hope for some kind of recovery from this mental illness and, you know, realize like, oh, wow, like I can have at least periods of time where I'm not to one extreme or the other. And that was really amazing. It, it, you know, it was something to hold on to for sure. And and so that was about three. You did three months of being a raw vegan, and and then and then where then where did you go from so there? So I went all over the place from there. Um, I kind of uh, bounced back and forth between like a vegan diet. And when I say vegan, I hadn't made an ethical connection at this time. So it was a, a quote unquote vegan diet, but I hadn't connected everything yet. So I would go from that with like cooked food or raw or mostly raw. Um, and then I'd go maybe to vegetarian or pescatarian kind of diets. And, um, and eventually I, uh, finally got the nerve up to watch a video of, um, baby chicks (laughs) and what happened happens to baby chicks. And that day, um, I went vegan and never looked back and I never will look back. Once I made that ethical connection, it was no longer an option to me. Like I don't see animals or, or their, you know, exactly. Um, I don't see that as food anymore and I'm not going to support that anymore. So after that, it was easy to stay vegan. And I, I started tweaking, tweaking things and heading more towards like fully plant-based at times I would slip back and have a whole bunch of, you know, vegan junk food, um, and would feel like shit and then kind of get back on track. Yeah. We've all, we've all done. Well, some people haven't, but I've definitely done. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, it's very good. You know, it's very tempting, Mm. um, and like hyper palatable, Mm. but, uh, and then you feel horrendous afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So over, over the last, Probably, well, it's been a little over four years that I've been vegan. I've been kind of playing around with it and eating mostly whole food, plant-based. Um, and yeah, what what ended up happening physically was pretty amazing. 
Um, I dropped altogether from the time I first started, you know, since I first went on the raw vegan diet until now I've dropped 85 pounds um, and am much more fit and healthy than I've ever been. Like I uh, ended up getting into a couple of sports, which I'll get into in a minute, but um, yeah, I just feel so much better. I have ridiculous amounts of energy. Like I run circles around people all the time <laughs> and, um, you know, I run a business by myself. So I will work anywhere between like eight to 12 hours a day. And then I go and I train and, um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like once I got out of my own way and just gave my body what it needed, I started to feel incredible. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so wonderful to hear and I two things one is some, some people when, when we hear when we're, when we're celebrating weight loss there's, there's always you know some people listening who are thinking we're shaming people who are overweight or that we're glorifying um, you know unhealthy eating or focusing on weight loss those kind of things I don't want to say that but I mean you look if you can't you can't see Indy but you don't you look like you've reached a really healthy weight for your body. And I imagine that the weight that you were carrying was impacting on, upon your quality of life in a negative yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to shame anyone. That's definitely not at all my intention. And I don't have a negative view on people who are carrying extra weight at all. Um, I, I think that you know, for me, I do feel a lot better having reached a weight that my body feels, feels good and like physically feels good. It has made a huge, a huge difference in everything, really. Definitely. And for myself as well, in my own, many, we've had many, many stories of you know, weight loss stories on the show. And the thing is, is that there is, there's so many health improvements when you're when you're doing it responsibly you're eating a whole food plant-based diet you know you're taking b12 you're not starving yourself and eating a calorie deficit you know there most of us like i had joint pain fibromyalgia multiple most of us feel so much better and that's the reason for like we also would like to lose it just so we can function but and play sport or exercise, enjoy our family. There are so many positives to our own journeys, which is why I know from my speaking from me, myself and the guests that have been on the show, we feel so thankful to have lost the weight. That we yes, lost. absolutely. And um, yeah, and that reminds me, you had mentioned, you know, your own experience with fibromyalgia. Um I, that actually went away, whatever, whatever that was, it actually went away when I took dairy out of my diet. And I realized that it was the dairy because I was uh, switching back and forth, you know, for a little while between like vegetarian, pescatarian, vegan. And when I would go to vegan and take the dairy out, and that was the difference, my pain would go away after a few days. But if I had any amount of dairy, it would come back. Um, even if I only had a little bit, I would be in pain for two days. So I, I guess it was some kind of... Everyone cut out dairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend it. So I, I just really started feeling a lot better. Um, but alongside of that, I also 
discovered meditation. Um, someone had, you know, introduced this to me and I found a really amazing mentor who, uh, she has like these meditation workshops and she's worked one-on-one -on -one with me and she's incredible. So I really started taking care of my mental health and in another way. Um, and it helped me kind of like sit with my feelings instead of fight them and just kind of sit with them and then release them. And, you know, that along with good nutrition and getting into sport has, has helped me a lot. And so I started hiking cause I had all this energy <laughs> and we, you know, in Appalachia, like these mountains are absolutely beautiful. Um, and there are endless trails around here. Like you could explore all day, every day. And, you know, it's just, you know, never ending exploring. I love, I love hiking and we have, I live in our version of a little version of hills. It's not quite, I don't think it's quite the same. To forest area, and I love it. And whenever people are talking, especially from you know, most a lot of my guests are from the states, and I, they're talking about their trails and their mountains, I get I, my like just FOMO. I really, really, really want to be in your forests exploring. <laughs> it just seems like it would be so beautiful. I'm, I, I love at my forest, but I'm I'm very excited to go traveling in the U.S. and seeing some really really incredible trails. Well, let me know if you're ever in the area because I would love to meet you in person. Um, yeah, I will. Yeah, and I I mean, there's great hiking all over out west. There's great hiking out there too. I I've really mainly been in Appalachia, but it's been it's been awesome. And um, yeah, I had started hiking and. Uh, eventually had so much energy that I was like, I really like want to run. Um, and I had heard of this crazy thing called trail running. And I was like, that sounds super dangerous, but also super fun. And it's really not that dangerous. Uh, it just sounded crazy to me at the time. But I just started doing little intervals, like I would jog for 30 seconds and then walk because I couldn't hardly breathe. And, you know, eventually worked it up to, you know, being able to run a few miles or five miles at a time. That's, that's been awesome. That's a great way for me to like, get out into nature, which is a huge part of health, I think, like we are meant to be outside, <laughs> we're meant to be in the sun and with trees around us and, you know, um, in solitude, I think at times too. So it just kind of covered all those bases and really helped me start to feel better too. Oh, that is so wonderful. And I, lo I love that many, many guests on the show, pretty almost all of them, get into exercise at some point because we just do go from having zero energy to having just so much energy. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I didn't exercise. Like I would just I mean, I can't imagine. I would I would go crazy with too much energy. <laughs> so after that, I actually, a friend of mine um, talked me into going to the self-defense class. I went and fell in love with it. It was it was awesome. We did like boxing and Muay Thai and, um, and whatnot. And I eventually found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, in his MMA class on uh, Saturday morning. And I, I remember seeing him and this girl rolling which is like it's like um grappling uh so it's um joint locks and i only know about this from 
Joe Rogan and Russell Brand. They're always talking about. Yeah, yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I keep thinking, well, I feel like I have to do it. These guys, even though Joe and I ethically differ in so many different ways, but my husband has listened to him and I've listened to him a bit just with interviews with guests that I'm interested in. Right. He eats too much meat, Joe. You're going to die of a heart attack. But. But, yeah, I'm fascinated. So please continue because I'm just so fascinated in the whole thing. Yeah. So, well, this ended up, well, okay, so it's a it's a grappling art, and it's actually designed to help smaller, weaker opponents defeat larger, stronger opponents. And to me, this was really, really exciting because uh, I had been in this situation where I – Um, was unable to defend myself um, because I was much weaker than the person than the other person involved. Um, And I never want to feel like that again. Um, And just realizing that there is something that I can do about that uh, was was really amazing. And it's also the most beautiful art form on the planet, in my personal opinion, I could watch jujitsu all day every day and be very happy <laughs> i'm gonna have to get myself along to a class I think. yeah try it out it's it's definitely um it's definitely uh the first the first month or two is a little um intense you know because it's kind of uncomfortable because it's very intimate you know um because you're grappling and you're on the ground and everybody's sweaty and rolling around but eventually that part gets you know uh, you eventually you don't really mind that. And it's just a lot of fun. So it's, it's great training. And I train like four or five times a week, um, on average, unless I get injured or if I'm working like 70 hours a week or something, I have to cut it back. But, uh, for the most part, I train four to five times a week. And that's been my main form of exercise. Uh, I, I went, I started about three years ago and, um, yeah, it's it's been awesome. I hope to do it until I'm like 75 or something. <laughs> Keep going. Why 75? I'm going for 120. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Come along with me. Yeah, I hope. I mean, if I can if I can do it, you know, until I'm 100, I would love to do that. It's a little hard on the joints. <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know, I am really glad that I'm on a diet that really helps with inflammation because I, I recover so fast. I, I trained this morning and I'm fine. (laughs) You know, I can go for a run and hardly feel anything the next day uh, because this, this, um, you know, lifestyle is really good for lowering inflammation and helping with quicker recovery times and um, energy levels and all of that. So it's all gone together really well. Like I can't, I don't think, I don't know. I can't see myself doing jujitsu when I was already in chronic pain. Like, I just don't think that would have worked. It seems like everything kind of organic. Just from listening to your story, it feels like, and that I think for many of us, we I found a plant based diet, and then, and the guests, you know, you find a plant based diet, and then from there, you find some exercise and ways to move your body that you enjoy, and then often people will find meditation and. 
just kind of like naturally flowing like a river of health, you know, into good health where you're just like, wow, oh, there's this as well. Oh, veganism, all the animals. Oh, and, you know, it's wonderful. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, trail running. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's beautiful how it naturally tends to flow in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I think every little piece of it had to happen for the next piece of it to happen, you know, and I think just kind of trusting the process and like, um, I, I try to follow my gut. So if, uh, if my gut kind of pulls towards something is like, yeah, maybe that might be a good thing to try. Like I might be, you know, a little nervous to try it. It might take me a little while to try something, but eventually I do. And then I take my time really getting into it, but it's usually spot on, you know? So I think kind of, um, like taking opportunities and following curiosities, um, is, is good, you know, and not, you know, rather than stagnating. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So were there many struggles adopting a whole food plant-based diet for you? What was the hard things about it? Mm. I would say the hardest part, honestly, uh, for me was sugar. <laughs> and for me, actually. And salt. All the SOS, salt, oil, and sugar was the hardest part for me. Yeah. And ah, and the sugar is still the hard part for me sometimes. Yeah, and I I do still have some salt in my diet. It's much lower than than it was. I don't cook with oil, and I don't have added sugar anymore. Oil oil's gone, but um, um, Tony Boucher, who was on episode ninety five, he was gave me a big spiel about salt, and I was like. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll do better. So, yeah. Yeah, but with sugar, for me, for some reason, like, I, you know, I have these kind of addictive tendencies anyway. So that's kind of what where my addictive tendencies kind of latched on was to process like, um, vegan Ben and Jerry's. Oh, my God, I use I have that every night sometimes for periods of time. And then, you know, I catch myself and be like, okay, this has got to stop. (laughs) Um, But it's been a little back and forth with that. But I, um, I did a 30 day challenge, I started a vegan meetup group um, a couple years back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we did a 30 day challenge in um, January. And uh, I was trying to you know, not eat much sugar before that, but I was kind of having a hard time with it. But we had this 30 day challenge where people who were not vegan could try 30 days of veganism. And people who were already vegan could add something in or take something out like, you know, maybe add in exercise or take out sugar or alcohol or whatever. And then we would all just support each other. And it went really well. We had a few people who ended up staying vegan after the challenge. And, um, and that was my first, uh, you know, stretch where I literally had no sugar at all. Like I made, you know, I made sure I didn't have it in there at all. And my body just felt amazing. I also dropped like eight or 10 pounds in that month. Like it was crazy how fast it came off. And uh, yeah, and ever since then, I've been a lot, um, a lot more prone to keeping it that way, like sugar free. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did your friends and family go with you making this big transition away from animal products and the standard American diet? So, well, 
at first, like when I went raw vegan, they probably thought I was a little bit nuts because um, I'd be carrying around like watermelons with me or I'd have like a whole bag of oranges or something, you know, um, and let's see, I think, uh, well, anyways, I just carried fruit around with me everywhere and I would just eat such large amounts of fruit and, you know, raw veggies and stuff. It, it probably seemed odd. Um, but they were, they were supportive. They picked on me, you know, but, uh, that's not like in a mean way, not like, um, to make me feel bad. It was more just like, uh, I mean, that's what our family does, you know, <laughs> like we just kind of, uh, pick at each other a little bit in, in a joking way. And it's a way to relieve tension or, um, yeah, like kind of make light of something that may be making people feel uncomfortable a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, so there was a little bit of that, but eventually when I really started feeling better and losing, um, losing weight and my moods started getting so, so much better, like it was undeniable and people don't, you know, uh, there is no, you know, there's none of that really anymore. It's, um, you know, I've had family members, uh, try out more of a plant-based kind of diet. Um, my sister eats mostly plant-based, um, and she, she got into it from like an anti-inflammation diet, um, when she had her own health issues, uh, and she's probably a good 80 or 90% plant-based. So that's, that's amazing. And other family members and friends have tried some things out and, you know, cut some things out here and there. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. I love hearing when people, when people increase the fruits and vegetables in their family's diet as a result of them making the switch or they get their family members to go plant-based. That's amazing. Vegan, even better. <laughs> that is so wonderful. And you have, uh, you know, I know in my personal life, a couple of people who have, who have overcome, or who, who are not overcome, who are living with bipolar as a diagnosis. And it is just from the outside, it just seems so hard. And as you say, that, that diagnosis, when I, when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, it's, it's this because there's like there's no cure. It's just going to get gradually worse. And with you with with bipolar, it's similar. There's no cure. You're just going to get gradually worse. Yeah. And it, I just remember myself, and I know with my friends, just feeling so like, what is the point? You know, and what is the point of a future where I'm just going to decline? This is the best it's going to be for me right now in this moment. And this moment, I feel awful, and life feels unmanageable and unbearable. Mm -hmm. So seeing you and seeing other guests who have overcome, you know, suicidal thoughts, who have overcome, you know, depression and, you know, I still still have anxiety every, well, I would say more than every now and again. I still get some anxiety even though I meditate all the time, but I'm just that type of overthinking warrior <laughs> per person meditate all the time now just because I know that I need it. I need it like a band. You know, I need it just to get, to, just to put myself in more, more of an even, even space. Just to hear your story. And I think for many people who are listening, who have a family member with bipolar, it's just incredible the role that diet and exercise and mindfulness practices can play. Now it's not saying it's a one size fits all approach, but I do know that just from speaking to the, the doctors and nutritionists on this show that, 
diet plays such an important role in supporting our microbiome and our microbiome is 90%. The bacteria, we are 10% human, 90% bacteria. So if our bacteria are bad guys, it makes complete sense that our bodies aren't working properly. The human part is having a hard time when our bacteria is mostly bad guys who love meat, eggs, dairy, and processed foods. So I love having people on like yourself who have found benefit in a whole food plant-based diet because there are so many people out there that are really, 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 really suffering. And even if it gives a few people hope or it helps a few people and it may not fix every single person, it may not because there's so many factors like stress and the way your parents have taught you to deal with just so many different factors that contribute to mental health. I don't claim to be a mental health expert in any way, but I love hearing your story because I do think that people need hope, even if that's all that comes of it. Because for me, that's what I needed when I was told there's no hope and you're going to get worse and worse. I needed to hold on to that. There's a chance that it might not be like that for me. Right. I really wish that I had heard um, stories like this before when I was like, Oh no, it's just gonna, it's just gonna get worse. And, um, now I will just to be clear, like I do still have ups and downs. However, um, they are much less severe. Um, I, you know, I might have a a hard time with like some low level depression. Sometimes it gets, it, it gets bad, but a lot of times that's after like the loss of a family member or something like that, like something has happened. And then I just have kind of a hard time pulling myself out of it. However, um, my manias uh, have have dropped down to more of a hypomania, um, which is, uh, they call it like mania light, which is more like, um, you know, very excitable and talkative and people experience it in different ways. Some people are very agitated and, um, you know, uh, have a hard time with anger during this time, but I get more, um, just very, very excited about everything and have all these huge ideas, (laughs) but, um, but it's more, it's more manageable. Um, and I don't get to the point where I'm hospitalized anymore. Uh, at my lowest point, I was hospitalized seven times within a three year period. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was rough. Uh, and I, I haven't been ever since I went vegan, I have not been back to the hospital. Like it hasn't gotten to that point again. I haven't had to take lots of time off work. Like occasionally I'll take a mental health day if I feel like I really need it, but it's not like I'm, I'm losing jobs because I literally can't function anymore. And, you know, now I run a business, um, and I, a lot of people are counting on me. So, I, you know, I need to be there. And luckily, um, it's gotten to a point where it's much, much more manageable. And I have long periods of time where I am totally stable, which is amazing. I I had not experienced that before going vegan. That is so I, I, I think that that's the thing. Like, it doesn't have to because, you know, I still you know, many guests on the show will still have hard times and still have difficulties with our food addiction or difficulties with our you know, without chronic disease in some way and in some way. And I think that it's really nice to hear that. And it's, I think it's much more, what's the word I'm looking for? 
real to say that there can it is it isn't because life isn't linear and life there of course you're going to have times where you feel down and I, and I and I'm and and you've had bipolar and so of course maybe you might feel more down than me or somebody else when you have a lot death in the family or any kind of issue it makes and but but to hear that it's slightly less and i think that that is real for people you know to hear that it's slightly less and that you're being hospitalized less and that you're your mania is 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 decreased and much more manageable and that you can maintain a work a job and all of those things around still having some harder times i think that that is so real and honest it doesn't feel like it's oh you know now i'm just fine and everything's great and there is no issues like you've been through a, a, a lot more than more than many many people have been through at your age and it's so lovely to see that you're doing so much better but but also it it's good to hear that you know not good but i mean it's i think for many people who are going through a really hard time it seems much more realistic to think that it will just decrease than it would than that than that it will vanish right right when they're in the thick of it like you know if I, if i told you right when you're in your worst it'll just be gone it might not be as believable as this will make it a bit does that make sense yeah absolutely um and i think uh when you are in that place you know that would feel if someone told me like oh if you just stop eating animals then you'll feel great all the time like i would i would not have believed that um uh and you know it, i had to kind of feel it for myself and feeling that little bit that first time that i um played around with like a raw vegan diet, that was when I really started to, you know, want to experiment more with it. Um, and it's been, you know, I've been vegan for a little over four years. So it's been a process and it's been getting better and better. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so, I, I, it, it is. And it's, I think it's an always a lifelong tinkering for me and many of the people that I know who are vegan and plant-based. And that's when people say that they've gone off when I'm an ex-vegan and make posts about being a no longer vegan person. And I just think there's so much tinkering and tweaking you can do as a vegan with your protein intake, with your iron absorption, with your gut health, with your with raw foods, with so, so many different ways that you can ensure that you're getting everything that you need on a whole food plant-based diet, that it just seems to me, and there's everything available in a whole food plant-based diet that's available in the animal, foods from animals, it just seems... Like for me, it is a process of tinkering because I still have, you know, sometimes I have iron absorption problems and then I'm like, okay, well, I need to do this to make sure I've got more citrus and vitamin C with my kale and mm -hmm. chickpeas, whatever. But I think that it's great when people like yourself realize that there is, you know, you, you just have to keep being curious and playing around with it and getting support and asking questions when you aren't feeling great so that you can keep because when, when, once you become an ethical vegan I don't think that I don't think there are any ex ethical vegans. I think there's only ex plant based eaters. Right. Yes. Who 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 do a poor job of 
managing their vitamins and nutrients and minerals intake. Right. And it can kind of sneak up on you. Um, You know, sometimes like I wasn't the greatest with remembering to take B12 and, and then I would find myself feeling really tired and I'm like, why am I so tired? And, you know, then I'd realize, oh, I haven't been taking my B12 and I would get back on track with that and would feel amazing. And like recently I realized that I really haven't been having enough um, you know, nuts and seeds and things like that. Um, and, uh, I just wasn't feeling as good. And I started adding it to my smoothie bowls and, oh my gosh, it has made such a huge difference. Like I'm eating probably more than, uh, some people would recommend, but I don't know, my body is craving it. So I'm eating a good amount of walnuts and chia seeds and almonds and, you know, flax or whatever, just adding, adding that in and I'm feeling much better and stronger and more. Um, yeah. Like it's more, it feels more complete. So yeah, but it's a constant, constant tweaking for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Constant tweaking. So obviously your life has changed a, a whole lot and you're running a business. So, which is 12 hours a day, which is incredible for someone who has come from the, trials that you have come from which is so wonderful to see so what would be your three biggest tips for people who are listening who want to especially if they're listening and they have bipolar or depression or fibromyalgia what would be your three biggest tips for those people if they're listening and they want to make the switch to they're considering this lifestyle probably the most important thing is if you don't already, like really starting to make an effort to move towards um, (laughs) self-love, you know, loving yourself and really wanting to um, treat your body the way that it wants to be treated so that you can feel good and, and look for stories um, that, that people have uh, from people who have gone through similar things experience has been because I am definitely, you know, I'm one of many who have had bipolar disorder and who have tried a plant-based diet who have, you know, seen um, great results. So, and fibro and all of that, uh, arthritis, skin issues, all of it, digestion, you know, there are many, many stories out there. So podcasts like yours have helped me tremendously hearing other people tell their stories of hitting rock bottom in one way or another, and then kind of (laughs) crawling out of that uh, through better nutrition and, and, um, you know, holistic health or whatever. So I think, um, but really kind of knowing that you deserve to feel good, you deserve good health, keeping that in the back of your mind, that would be, uh, my first tip for me, um, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest shifts that really helped me was starting to look at food as fuel rather than entertainment. Um, so I, uh, I try to, um, you know, I still enjoy my food. I actually enjoy food a lot more now than, than I did on a standard American diet. Um, by far, I, I, love the flavors and the textures and all of that. But, you know, there was a little bit of a, um, adjustment period where, you know, (laughs) it took time for my taste buds to adjust, but keeping that in mind, like I need to look at food as fuel rather than, um, 
uh, looking at food as a way to stuff down my feelings or to, um, or to, uh, make me, um, I guess like with sugar and things like it would make me feel better in the meantime and same with alcohol or whatever addiction, you know, at the time, like social media or whatever, like, um, rather than using it for those purposes, look at food as a way to, um, uh, fuel your body with what it needs so that it can do its basic functions. And so that I can, you know, feel good and, uh, live life to the fullest. Um, and yeah. And then the last one is, um, I would say find, if you haven't already found a sport or some kind of activity that you really love to do, start trying things out. Um, so, you know, I, I started with hiking and then moved into trail running and then found jujitsu and I'll probably always do jujitsu and trail running, you know, but, uh, there are, you know, there's so many different things that you could get into. If you haven't found it yet, there is something out there most likely that you'll really connect to. And if you try something and you're just not feeling it, you know, go on to the next thing and try something else. And eventually, um, you know, it will be a joy to have it uh, as part of your regular, you know, schedule <laughs> and it won't feel like a chore. I think that they're all really, really great tips, self-love. And I, I really think that that belief, as you said, that thinking I deserve to feel good, you know, I deserve health. I deserve to live in a healthy, thriving body. I think that's such a, such a great, and m many people, we don't, when you say that, it seems like, of course I deserve it, but like, there's the inner monkey mind who secretly hates us all. <laughs> and, yeah. And we meet that guy at 5.30 when any alarm goes off for me to start meditating or go to the gym. <laughs> he's a real jerk. <laughs> and he doesn't think we deserve it, you know? So I think that even though my intellectual mind can hear what you're saying and go, I deserve it, when you really drop down, you know, you have to talk to that that mean guy that meets you when the alarm goes off at five in the morning and you say, I'm going to the gym. And he's like, no, you're not. Turn it off. <laughs> right, right. That's the guy who needs to believe that you deserve uh, yeah. it. <laughs> and it's, it gets easier over time. The more you keep telling oh, that guy, absolutely. you know, like, oh. yeah, you just keep saying no, quiet. <laughs> you'll, you'll be, you'll be glad at the end guy. Right. right exactly. Wait, wait until the workout's over before you throw your comments. Around. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, I love that. And and seeking out stories, um, which is why I'm so glad that this podcast has helped you and, and, and it's helping other people, I hope, because, yeah, these stories are something that I desperately needed when I was diagnosed with MS. And many, many people I know need stories like this to, so they can feel like they're not just the only one eating a whole food plant-based diet in the world or that they're putting all these eggs in this well they're eggs carrots okay. <laughs> carrots in <laughs> trying to find a vegan way to do that analogy yeah. they're putting all their carrots in one basket <laughs> right um that no one else has tried and that no med medical practitioners are supportive of maybe in their life which is so important as well and number two food as fuel and i think that many guests on the show have talked about that just learning that and that is something that we just are conditioned to think the food as entertainment that it's pretty much everything we think of netflix and food yeah yeah 
<laughs> so it's a really, really great point as well. And to see it in that way. And there are episodes that you can look at if you're like, how do I even get to that place? You know, Josh Lajorny's episode, Howard Jacobson's episode, Andrew Taylor's episode, Chef AJ. There are so many episodes where we just talk about that food addiction and making food, making your life amazing and your food boring or making your life interesting and your food boring as Andrew Taylor says which I always really like even though I still love I still love a roast potato and I still really I'm getting so I'm so excited about roast pumpkin skins at the moment like and I'm desperate my mum would say oh Corinne you've 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 reached an all new level of sadness but it just makes me so happy like the green the green pumpkin skin with the yeah the inside's so sweet and creamy, and I, I like the whole thing. I'm just a, th- I'm just a fan right now. I love. I get excited for making a curry and then baking the skins and eating that them. That sounds while amazing. The yeah, it actually is really good. Yeah, don't doubt it until you've tried it. Although some people are giving it to their like, look at me when they. Eat it. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. (laughs) Why are you loving this? (laughs) I'm happy to admit, maybe it's not for everyone, but I I really like it. And the kids love it too. We make a big bowl of pumpkin skins and eat them like fiends. They're so good for you. The nutrients in the skin is so good for Mm -hmm. you. So if you haven't tried it, give it a try. (laughs) And find a sport or activity you love to do. Yeah, I think it's so important. And if you've had one that maybe you've been injured from and you can't do that anymore, because for me, I found running and then I got an Achilles injury and then I had to take a whole year off healing my Achilles. And I did find that so miserable because because I liked this one thing. But there are other things. So I started to do Pilates after that and I started to do some yoga, basic yoga after that and then different things at the gym. And now I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to do so much brutal ankle work like I was doing (laughs) steep hills and stairs and things, you know. Yeah. But just feel around. If you lose, if you lose something else, like Indy said, you know, if you lose, you, you know, if you can't run, like I couldn't run for a year, and now I can again, so I'm never going to let it go. In that time, look for other things that you can do because you you can try swimming or yoga or Pilates or jujitsu or whatever. There's so many things to try. So just keep 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 looking and trying new things wherever possible. Thank you so much, Indy, for taking the time to come and talk to me today I really really enjoyed hearing your story and for those of you who before I before I hang up I know we've talked about some things that are quite triggering and quite just re-traumatizing for many people who are listening please if you if you have felt yourself become triggered during this interview this episode Go find someone in your area that you can speak to or if it's a family member or a friend or your partner or a loved one or if you can find a counsellor in your area or a support program. We have Lifeline here. There's, it's a free service in Australia, but I don't, I'm not sure about your services in, in the States, but there are so many available that, you know, in people, if you, and reach out to people if you don't think you can, like to go to just churches and organizations that have free counseling. You don't have to buy into their religion if you don't want to, but find someone to speak to about it or write it all down and don't be alone in, in your feelings about, about this topic because it is so heavy and something that I think most people do need support to move through. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And um, yeah, and thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. And hopefully, you know, hopefully this connects with somebody out there who's, you know, maybe uh, who maybe needs a little hope in in that area with uh, chronic pain or mental illness or, or just in general. Um, I think, you know, I think stories are a great way to, uh, to start to feel some hope. And I hope, I hope that uh, it did for some of your listeners. Thank you so much, Indy. Thank you. I'm sure it did. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. And I'm, I'm going to be starting jujitsu tomorrow <laughs> as soon as I can find a class That's, near me. <laughs> keep me posted. I will. Bye. Thank you so much, Indy, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening and sitting with us. I know the episode was quite heavy going in some parts, so please, as I mentioned in the show notes, there are some links to some support services and resources to free support services, like Lifeline we have here in Australia and other support services. I've put them in the show notes because I don't, I don't want you to leave this podcast if you're feeling in a worse place than when you started. I would really like you to check out the links in the show notes and if you need support to to go and find that support for yourself. This This is a very sensitive topic and I really hope that I have dealt with it in a mindful way. But if I haven't and you have other resources or services or ideas of how for people of how they can deal with listening to a story like Indies, please comment, put, leave your information in the comments. I would be so grateful if any of you shared your support services in the comments and things that, and tools that, that have helped you, books, resources, links, anything that have helped you in your own journey in the show notes, the comments of the show notes, because there are many, many, many people who have survived sexual assault, violent assaults, domestic violence, suicidal thoughts who are who are out there who are out there struggling and suffering and they shouldn't feel ashamed or alone or isolated. They should feel supported and nurtured and loved and cared for and lifted up. So if you have resources that help people to feel supported and loved and nurtured as they're going through something so difficult and hard as surviving trauma or surviving or living with mental illness and suicidal thoughts, please put them in the show notes. I would be really, really grateful. And I hope, I'm sure that your comments will be able to help others who are reading or listening. Um, Thank you, Indy, for really allowing yourself to be vulnerable I feel very, very, very honoured and humbled to have had you share your story with me today. That's all for me for now. I'm going to go hug my family and and just spend some time feeling grateful for you all and for Indy and for listening to this story today. See you all next week. Bye.